Fantastic. I must tell you, looking at this report and just uh, the view overview uh, of the, the uh, feedback, 88% of the parents that you surveyed essentially saying, hold on, I've had to readjust my budget just to make sure that I can take my child back to school. And the readjustments are significant because they impact the essentials. This is a very harsh reality for us to acknowledge. Yeah, it is. And unfortunately, it's not like back to school was a surprise, right? Yep. Um, January got itself a hashtag a few years ago for this exact reason. You know, there is a lot of, um, traditionally, there's a lot of overspending over the December period because we've got a combination of uh, festivities uh, due to the, the time of year and because a lot of people go on holiday Often companies close and pay people early. And so you have this December paycheck that needs to stretch often for, for six weeks or longer. And, and it creates this perfect storm. And unfortunately, if you're not on top of your money management, if you're not prepared and have put money aside, well, then, like you say, it's going to make for a pretty painful January. Mm, and let's talk about this pain because one might assume that, oh, well, this just might mean that South Africans don't have adequate financial discipline in order to prepare for their monthly expenses. But uh, what are the reasons uh, that you found in this survey uh, that actually leads to these tough decisions having to be taken? Yeah, so, you know, it's a combination of things. Um you know, in, in certain instances, like you said, perhaps people aren't being paid enough money. But the reality is that we have a broader problem here um, in South Africa and that there is an incredible focus on education in general. Right? People want um, to ensure that their kids get an education so that they can uh, get a good job, so they can earn a good salary. But unfortunately, in the education process, there's very little um, time or energy spent on financial education. You know, so there's all this focus on the traditional schooling, but then no um, thought goes into how are we going to help people understand what to do with the money when they earn their first salary. So if I'm understanding um, you correctly, uh, Haley, this is just, I guess, a consequence of the lack of financial education that's been shared with previous generations who now find themselves as parents. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's this generation and the one before and the one before that. You know, it's it's still not um, a compulsory subject in schools. It's not something that's typically taught in the formal education sector, and often it's not something that's talked about at home either. Often because parents feel like they don't have the knowledge, uh, perhaps to impart the correct information to their kids, um, and there's also often some negative emotions around fear and shame. Perhaps if you've made mistakes around your own personal money management, um, you know, it, the, all of this kind of contributes. And and the net result is that uh, managing money is a learned skill, just like any other. Mm. But we need to take the time to actually learn how to do it. Otherwise, it's going to prove um, really painful. Mm. You know, if you if you think about um, any skill that you learn, whether it's riding a bike or driving a car or learning how to use Zoom during a pandemic, um, you know, even once you've learned that skill, you're likely to make mistakes. And I, I'm not sure why people feel so much fear and shame and regret around making mistakes with money. But I think now, you know, particularly if you're feeling the pain around um, these back to school expenses and like you say, having to cut back on essentials like food and transport in order to give your kids what they need to go back to school. Use that as an opportunity to turn things around. Mm. Get yourself a 
financial education. There's loads of places where you can get them now online for free, um, you know, on your phone um, while you're listening to me on the radio as an example, so that you can actually start getting yourself this critical life skill um, and perhaps for your kids as well. You know, if you've made this mistake, if you find that you don't have enough money for school uniforms and stationery and whatever, bring this conversation back into the family. Instead of bearing this burden alone, use it as a learning opportunity to not only improve your own financial literacy, but that of your kids too. 100%. We certainly want to hear what South Africans are thinking and feeling in some of their own experiences. So to any of our listeners, feel free to share your voice note on 063-688-0959. Alternatively, do share a uh, call with us on 068-00959. And you mentioned such a valid point that I'm also witnessing here, Haley, is the fact that the structure of South African households also plays a significant role here in terms of our financial flexibility, financial discipline, and just access to financial resources. Give us an understanding as to what the family dynamics are, uh, given the parents that you surveyed. Yeah, so, you know, in terms of the household, I think one of the things that is compounding um, this issue is that uh, 50% of households are, are headed by a single parent, and 72% have two or more kids. You know, so that's often then um, an added burden on one person trying to muddle their way through these, you know, not insignificant additional expenses that come through in in January. And so, yeah, that absolutely does play a role. Um, But that said, we know that, you know, mothers in particular love an opportunity to improve the future for their kids. And so that's why I believe this is an incredible opportunity to say, right, we're not going to be doing this again, Mm -hmm. right? We may have um, got the T-shirt and we're wearing it, um, you know, at the moment because we don't have enough money to do what we need to do, but we want to make sure that next January things are going to be different. And that's where we want to start turning the conversation around. How do we talk about making sure that we have the money we do have, we manage better? How do we prioritize um, making a profit as a family or as a household for the next 12 months and squirreling away some money um, so that we know that we've taken care of stationery and uniforms and, and back to school necessities? Mm. I'm glad that you mentioned that, Haley, because you're right. We can't go back and wave a finger in someone's face and say, bad boy, bad girl, this is not the right financial behavior. The reality is that life happens. There are consequences and decisions and outcomes, uh, some within our control and others that we really just can't influence uh, because of how difficult things are. But let's talk about one thing we can control, which is our future financial behavior. And we have a good 11 months to go before we hit another January. And for those of us who want to remove the shame and the challenges of uh, what we've experienced this year, what kind of discipline do we need to implement? And I'm aware that 11 months is not a big month or enough time to drive significant change, but talk to us as to some of the nuances and solutions that parents who did struggle this year need to implement uh, for the year ahead. So I've touched on the first one. Firstly, get yourself a financial education. So websites like thetruthaboutmoney.co.za, they offer half-hour courses for free for anybody to log on and do, right? So in half an hour, you could give yourself skills that could radically improve how you do things over the next 11 months. So that would be my first tip. My second tip would be to say, focus on making a profit. You know, a lot of people understand that the companies we work for or the companies that we buy products and services from, we know that they need to make a profit because if they don't, 
well, they're going to go bankrupt and they're going to go out of business, right? But we never really apply that same thinking to our own personal finances. We never stop and think the day before payday, hey, let me check if I made a profit this month. And when you kind of look at it through this different lens and you say, you know, I did a lot of work. There was a lot of sacrifices that went into earning the money that I did. I want to make sure that I'm using this money to move myself and my family forwards financially. Well, then you have to carve out this profit portion. Mm. And so what I recommend people do is on the day you get paid, make sure uh, that some money goes out of your everyday bank account that you you know run your life with and you move a portion out. And that is your profit portion. So literally, even if we're talking about starting with 50 bucks, because you're cutting out the cappuccino on the way to work, um, what you want to do is you want to automate that. You want to move that out so that whether you even think about it or not, you have ensured you've made a profit. And the only time you're going to go back and tweak with that is when you're changing the amount and you get better at managing your money because you've done some of these courses and you're going to change it from 50 to 100 to 200 to 500 bucks. And that little profit portion then starts to build your emergency fund um, and your savings, which is how we're going to turn around January 2025 for you. 100%. You're mentioning some significant factors here, Heidi, that take us back to the fundamental principles of pay yourself first. Have those savings then from there allocate uh, uh, the rest of your budget accordingly. And I know it's tough because we always have more responsibilities sometimes and some flexibility to save, but it's an important principle. Hayley, we do have a a voice note from one of our listeners, uh, Lebu, who's uh, sharing some insight with us as to how they've had to navigate the month of January as a parent. Let's take a listen and maybe you can offer some suggestions here too. Yo, Mara, January. Yo, H, okay, Mena, my issue was that I applied for a school. Hey, Ehauteng is killing us. Um, they put my son from Pinoni to Actonville, and I stay in Springs. So I try to explain, appeal, then appeal, then show them, for oh, no, I can't take my child to Actonville. Uh, give me any school, Benoni Town or at least uh, Springs Town. There's uh, easy transport and also I can drive my Sunday. Hey, no, no. So that cost me in January, I spent over 12500 to be exact. School fees, everything, because it's a private school. So I tend to suffer a little bit. So what I've decided is to unlock savings and settle every debt and start all over and reinvest again because, yeah, Mm. I have no choice. So my decision, it was due to this law of government choosing school for kids and choosing schools that are far for us. So, yeah. But anyway, I took it. It's a learning curve. Um, Yeah, it is what it is. So I'm doing the best for my, my son. Sure. Thank you so much for that voice note. That's from Lebu. Uh, and Haley, as you can tell, a uh, very realistic uh, pressure point that she's actually fallen under where uh, factors beyond her control fundamentally have an impact on her child's education uh, and her finances. And I guess this speaks then to the themes like having an emergency savings fund and uh, trying to access uh, reliable credit or accessible credit to cover some of the shortfalls. But uh, help us unpack, you know, how Lebu's situation speaks to this report. Um, and again, the solutions that we need to implement yeah i mean i think it it 
it's so hard when these things happen that we have no control over, you know, and I think a lot of us learned these lessons during the pandemic. You know, the reality is that we can um, get impacted, particularly financially, through absolutely no fault of our own. And I think the only thing that we can be certain of is that we are all going to have these bumps in the road Mm. and we don't necessarily know when they're going to come or how they're going to come. What I would really like to do, though, is to applaud Lebo in terms of the fact that she had savings in place. You know, she had to make a new plan um, and from the sounds of it, she is um, ambitious and on the right track and really keen to make things work for her son in particular. So I'm assuming she's going to carry on trying to find the best solution for her within her budget. But the fact that she, you know, that she had savings in place is, is critical because although we know there's a lot that we can't control, when we do have an emergency fund, that's when we give ourselves choices and options. You know, and the reality is that if she didn't have that emergency fund, she may not have been able to tap into this option of the private school that she mentioned. 100%. And so that's where the power of um, doing the work, putting in the effort to put aside some savings is is so beneficial because you give yourself options um, and often time, depending on the nature of the emergency, that you may not have had it, you know, without them. So um, hats off to you, Lebo. Um, I, I really feel encouraged by that and the fact that you are determined to start building up your emergency fund reserves again. You did mention that you had some debt. Obviously, if you can try and get out of that debt as quickly as possible, that would be optimal for your financial future because once that's taken care of, well, it means you've got more profit, right? It means you've got more money that you can put either into your living expenses if they have increased, like you mentioned, or into your savings and investments. Um, With the truth about money, we often teach something called the snowball method, which is a particular way that you can accelerate your ability to get out of debt. So um, on the Truth About Money site, there is a, a, a dumping debt course. I would encourage Lebo to sign up for that. Like I mentioned, it's free. And it will give you some ideas as to how you can get out of debt faster than if you were just um, going about, you know, paying your mini- minimum balances like you do normally. So uh, Lebo, uh, yeah, let us know. Hopefully, hopefully we can use this um, hardship, which, yep. yeah. It breaks my heart when I hear these stories, but hopefully you can use it to um, accelerate this journey that you seem to be on already. Um, and hopefully we can go from dumping your debt to building wealth in no time at all. Definitely. I must tell you, this is clearly a conversation that hits close to home for many of us, uh, Haley. We have another voice note from uh, official Tapelo Dimbe, uh, who's giving us some insight here too. Uh, let's take a quick listen to this one and uh, conclude with some positive steps that we can implement going forward, right? Hi, Kaibis. Tapelo here. Um, one of the things that uh, from time to time helps me with planning for the year ahead is my tax refund. So uh, when I get my, my refund from SARS, I put it aside. Uh, I would pay small debts. In the past, I would pay small debts and then leave some for a bit of entertainment in December. But then I would prepare for school fees and... and um, uh, stationary and those type of things so it, that helps from time to time thank you ah 
got you. Okay, Tapelo coming with solutions, right? So this does help Haley, uh, where we are able to exchange some ideas and solutions as to uh, what one implements and how it might uh, save someone. Uh, and I guess that's a very valid point, right? As Tapelo's mentioned, that is something that works for him specifically and one that is catered for their needs. And we're well aware that as individuals, we all have different incomes, different needs, different family structures. And uh, as such, the impact on our finances is, is varying. I- I'm keen to understand for someone who's listening to this conversation, who resonates with the financial pressure that we're under, who can't wait for payday tomorrow, uh, but still doesn't want to find themselves in this situation. Uh, as a financial coach and wellness coach, how do we need to prepare for this journey ahead? And you've mentioned a number of principles, but uh, in in order to ensure that there's a sense of sustainability, do we need to solicit support? Uh, Do we need to work on certain characteristics? How do we go about it? Yeah, so I mean, I've I've touched on on two areas around focusing on improving your own financial intelligence um, and prioritizing making a profit in your household. Um, I think you've touched on a great one there and and eliciting support is is also similar to, you know, where we started this conversation where I said, bring your family into this process so that you're not doing it alone. Um, You know, one of the things we suggest in one of our courses is that you appoint um, a chief financial officer for your home and that you focus on giving yourself some um, priorities as a family and you have somebody lead this area of your business you know in the same way that perhaps you've set new year's resolutions to get healthy why don't you have this focus and make it um, a focus like you say where you've got friends or family supporting you to get wealthy and understand that it's going to be a journey and in order to keep it sustainable you need to have some quick wins you need to have some goals and critically you need to make it fun So I don't want to be the fun police saying, like, make sure you never spend on anything, you know, besides your emergency fund. Mm -hmm. What we want to do is we want to have a journey that's sustainable. So, you know, when you hit a small goal, like your first 1,000 rand in your emergency fund, for example, um, and in particular, if the family's made sacrifices to help you do it, well, then how about everyone gets treated um, to, uh, you know, a milkshake or an ice cream and you celebrate as a family, you know, whatever it's going to do, if you make it fun and align it with the values in your family, you'll definitely find that it sticks and, and is more sustainable. Definitely. As you say, make it fun, make it realistic. Uh, it's not about shaming uh, anyone in terms of the financial pressures that they are, but working with the solutions that are available to you. It's been such a pleasure speaking to you, Haley. Truly appreciate your time this evening. And uh, I'm well aware that these are the kind of conversations that we need to keep having uh, and, and reviewing different circumstances and scenarios and how they actually speak to individuals as well uh, and making sure that uh, we, we up- implement the solutions that are relevant to where we are in life. Such a pleasure speaking to you. If you missed it live, catch the broadcast on kaya959.co.za.